I'm Pete McCall, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. This episode is with my good friend and colleague, Ms. Amy Nicotera. We're doing a series of Facebook Live conversations on Amy's Facebook page. You'll hear her contact information, and there'll be a link down to amynicotera.com in the show notes below if you want to get more information about what we're doing and when we're doing it. We're doing this series on Facebook Live to have conversations. Amy and I are both fitness professionals. We're both fitness educators. We're in our 40s. I'm a couple years older than Amy. I won't give her age. That's up to her. But we're talking just about life in our 40s. How do we navigate work? How do we navigate our career? In our careers, we just have to make half-naked people sweaty. And how do we navigate being parents? And I'm posting this on, on the All About Fitness podcast because I want you to have a slightly different perspective. I certainly appreciate the fact they listen to the podcast on a regular basis, but I also recognize that I'm only one point of view. I'm only one perspective of, of how fitness applies or how to apply fitness to our lives. That's why I invited Amy to, to do this series so we can have a slightly different point of view. On this episode, Amy and I are talking about how fitness has evolved in the last year or so. And more importantly, we share some thoughts and ideas on where the fitness industry is going, or more importantly, where we'd like to see fitness go, how we'd like to see exercise become more mainstream so it become part of the healthcare continuum. Great conversation today, Ms. Amy Nicotera and myself, just talking about fitness and life in our 40s. So let's get into it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're like, Whoa, but we're ready like being now. Multiple, you're being in multiple places. Is that what they mean by the metaverse? Is that what Mark meant by the metaverse? You can be in multiple screens and things and dimensions at one Maybe. time. I don't know if that's what – is that a good thing, right? Is I hear that, that's that, where it's going. <laughs> possibly. So what, what, what I thought we'd talk about today, Amy, and, and, this, and, and I'll tell you where I got the idea, was I was at the Master Trainer, Trainer Summit last week for Core Health and Fitness, and we had team. We had some of our international team, some of our domestic team, and we're just kind of updating on some of the education stuff we have. But we're we're all sharing stories about how we got started as master trainers and presenters, and we're also sharing stories just about kind of what we observed, how the industry changed over the years. And that was just an interesting conversation, and I, and I think for people out there who are fitness enthusiasts or, or people that work in the industry, I think it's always kind of interesting to hear how we've evolved to do what we do, especially what you and I do, because we kind of do a very unique kind of subset in the industry. So I thought we would talk about that today, talk a little bit about our journey, about how the industry has evolved and 
where we think it's going to go in the next year or two. Yeah, I like that idea. Who wants to go first? Well, I'm going to ask you. So, how what what got you started? I mean, what got you started? What got you interested in being an instructor? What what how what how old are you? And what was uh, the driver? Well, basically, I I was a, a young. Um, I was in my teens, and I was deciding what I wanted to be when I grew up. And a family friend actually was like, you would be a great aerobics instructor. That's literally kind of how it started. I started taking classes. I was able to take a local instructor training course, which hardly they hardly exist anymore. We don't really have a lot of those. Um, and I took a, like, I forget how long it was, maybe 12 or 15 weeks. And it was a training. And I took the exam, the, you know, uh, group fitness AFA exam, passed it and started teaching. And I realized that I, I really loved it. And I, I liked the being physical and I liked working out and I really liked engaging with people. And I wanted to help other people feel good and be healthy and make it fun. And that basically that's how I started. So um, 17 years old, I started teaching and then I became a personal trainer, school. I went to school in between all of those things. Um, and I started, I'm kind of making the story really short, but. <laughs> no, I mean, no, but yeah, I started, goes, it goes back a ways. I mean, that that's not yeah. quite 30 years. I mean, that that's, and I appreciate that, but, and I know you're not discounting it, but go, go ahead. No, Sorry. And then you I, must have I seen remember, my face, but I, I, yeah, I appreciate you, how you're, you're conducted because sometimes people can just go on and on anyway. No, nobody wants to hear all that. And if they do just call me, write me a note, I'll, <laughs> I'll send you a video. Yeah. Um, but my first job in fitness was actually in corporate wellness. And I had a two-year degree um, because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to go to school for. It was individual studies, and I took things that I liked, like marketing and anatomy and physiology and nutrition and things like that. And then I ended up landing this job that paid, I think my starting salary was $24,000. And I was like, yes, I thought I was a rock star because I I was like 20 something at the time, like young 20s. And I worked for a company at the time, Health Fitness Corporation. And the, the site that I was at was a GE site. And it was in upstate New York, and most of the people who worked there designed most of GE products. There was engineers, chemists, oh, wow. the whole nine yards. So it was a really interesting work site to be at, and I was a health fitness specialist. So we did exercise testing and programming and wellness, you know, motivational programs, and I loved it. I loved everything about it for the most part. Um, one thing led to another. I took a couple more jobs in that field went back to school, got a degree in nutrition, kept going to grad school because you got a discount if you graduated and just kept going to grad school. They gave you a little break and I was like, all right. So um, I ended up, my master's is in health education, but actually with a school focus. So I did student teaching and I was a health teacher for about seven years. I taught As most teachers know, well, not most teachers, but health teachers know, you end up teaching, you know, phys ed, nutrition, life skills, whatever they need you to teach. And so I did that for a while and all the while having, you know, a few one-on-one clients and always teaching classes along the way. Um, So that was basically, you know, my fitness story. I, I ended up getting out of school system and um, working full-time in fitness 
as a group fitness manager and doing some other things. But I will say that series of, or that time was spent in LA. So I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. And as soon as I moved into an area where fitness was really a hub, I'll tell you, I wasn't there like two months and I was back up in a backup talent in a DVD. And I was like, wow, this is crazy out here. And so is that moving back to Miami or moving back to that was from LA. So so I went from New York, like 2005, I was, you know, done, I finished my master's and went to LA. I lived in California for about seven years. Because you're living in LA. No, you just moved to Massachusetts when we met. I think because we met right around 2012 at the Viper thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yep. So I had my first taste of kind of presenting stuff um, or being behind other people presenting it when I moved to LA, and I realized that uh, number one, and no no disrespect, but everybody who's the presenter is like pretty normal. Um, they're not, you know, you might have a skill, you might know something really specific, but if you want to do that job, um, it's, it is available to you. It's, it looks a little more glorious than it really is. I also learned, but well, let's, let's, let's pause here for a second, because I think this is an interesting, well, it's it's a tangent of our careers where we've both been working in that, in that realm. But I think to kind of help the people understand what we're talking about, we kind of got to identify presenters because it occurred to me, Amy, that you and I, kind of came up in, in fitness in, in the 90s and in, in the late 90s early 2000s before social media was a thing so the people yeah. we saw as rock stars the people that you and i saw as rock stars in our industry our generation were those people teaching education workshops were those people at conferences and the same people that taught at conferences were often the same ones getting video contracts whether that's for education videos or for direct consumer videos. So that was, I don't know about you, but that was my goal. My goal was to get to the presenter ranks, which I worked hard and I, I, I think I got there. But then, somewhere along the, but then somewhere along the way, Amy, you turn around, all of a sudden it's like this thing called Instagram and, and YouTube popped up and our, our expertise of what we work for and what we've, we've focused on, our expertise is kind of, I don't want to say it's irrelevant. It just is not as it's not as valued or not as understood. And so, well, I think that really depends on the audience because along the way, I've really learned that people being a credible fitness expert is very different than being a YouTube sensation. And I think in the world that we live in, people actually are beginning to realize the difference. Now, one might make more money (laughs) faster than the other one, or just in the end, make more money. Um, But I think when you start really thinking about what your intentions are, whether it's to educate people, to get more people moving, and where you're coming from with with those goals, I think who you're serving really lets you know your value. Because right now at the point in my life where, you know, I've, I've, I, I was able to work for a couple different companies. I wore a ton of different t-shirts, worked a ton of different booths and at the various industry conventions. I started applying for myself. And one time I got accepted, I wasn't even associated with a company. And I had a few people say, wow, that's pretty impressive. You got accepted to present at Idea World 
and you weren't even with a company. I, and I felt like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. But um, so no, those were I mean, those are kind of new. And, and, and talk a little bit about that whole um, application process because. Again, some listeners might not be kind of aware of what happens behind the scenes, but when you apply to a conference, what's the difference between kind of being independent or being affiliated with somebody? Well, there's a big difference when you're independent and you're, you might be super skilled, highly skilled, I would say, because I think there's actually a lot of highly skilled talent out there as far as programming and teaching, especially in group fitness, that's undiscovered and untouched because of the fact that most of these conferences now really look at what companies are going to be brought in at the same time. Like Pete, I mean, you go everywhere right? Not because you're not awesome as Pete McCall, but also when you work for a company and you represent a company, it's a lot easier to get more face time, right? And then people see you. Yeah, but that's exactly why I work for that company is to to leverage their exposure, to be able to work for them, to to work on their programs, their products, which I value, which have a a legitimate evidence-based space in our, you know, space in our industry. And but in in essence, I do use them to help me build my brand name. So that, yeah. that's where some of that trade off is, right? Yeah, and I I do think it's a little bit intimidating at first too, because like I didn't really work for any company in the beginning, or you know, eventually people, friends of friends or colleagues would recommend you, and you know, you'd get some opportunities, but um, I think it's kind of a disservice. I feel like there should always be you know some way for the little person to make it through without necessarily riding on the coattails of some big, you know, corporate facility, like organization. But I mean, it, it does happen from time to time, but well, and it does. And it's not, and it also too, I mean, what, what's, what's the end goal? Because you don't make income as a speaker. You only make income by promoting products or programs or something and developing the long-term role. So this, I hadn't actually thought of this question before, Amy, but I like this. If you were a young fitness professional today, say you and I were early 20s, 24, 25, we're coming out with either a master's degree or undergrad degree, what do you think our fitness goal, what do you think our goals in the fitness industry would be now? If we were just starting our career in 2021 or 2022, what do you think our fitness goal, how do you think they would differ than what we originally wanted? Because I wanted to be doing what I'm doing now as a presenter, and I think that's what you want to be too. But if you were starting now, how do you think those goals would be different? Well, honestly, for me, I didn't really think like, oh, that's what I want to be a presenter. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that sometime. But it wasn't really the driving force behind my actions. I was very much more so altruistic. I just wanted to help everybody get healthy and move and share sunshine with the world. (laughs) And honestly, like when I was 17 and I had to write on that application of my first job, what's your like mission statement? It was seriously, I want to make people, you know, get people fit and help them have fun doing it. And I really sometimes think about how that has not changed. That is really what I love the most. And I, if if I was younger now, I, I really don't know what how that would change me as much because I feel like my, all my experiences have lent to what I am doing now. Like I feel the need, and this is, we can kind of tap into where we think fitness is going here, but I want to talk about like where I want it to go. <laughs> like I feel a, a real need to just spread more fitness stuff and movement opportunities to groups that 
are, don't have access, right? I mean, if we talk about communities and schools and um, things like that, it's a very different uh, consumer versus who I've been designing programs for in the health club for several years, right? Like the people you know, at the big box gyms, when you're programming for them, you're, you're programming for these people that already go to the gym. They're already motivated to do that. And all we're doing is making things more and more entertaining for them. And really they're going to work out anyways, no matter what you do. Right. And I'm not saying there's not value to that because member retention is key, getting more members. But how about like half of America that doesn't even go to a gym well, that's unhealthy and not moving? Like, I, I think let's it was, get those people. I think it was 2015, Amy. Yeah, it was 2015 when it was when Ursa, the big health club industry show, was in, was in, LA, was in LA at the LA Convention Center. And I remember leaving Ursa that Friday and I was going to go, at the time, my next door neighbor um, was in a band that was playing in Hollywood. So I was going to stay the night and, and see my neighbor play in his band. I love all these extra details. And, but I mean, that's, but that contextualizes why I was driving through Koreatown okay. on Friday afternoon. So after being, after, after being in the trade show for two days where you see all kinds of fitness stuff, and this was the year, I remember now, this was the year um, where free motion would have people dancing on top of the treadmills they're doing like a whole oh, choreo. I, I think I remember had, that. Yeah, you know, they had the choreographed routine, just kind of. Anyway, it's like it's, sometimes those trade shows are like fitness threw up on you, right? Everybody has all their stuff, but I'm driving through Koreatown and I'm driving through economically challenged areas of LA, and you're seeing the overweight people walking, shuffling down the sidewalk. You're seeing, and it's like, wait a minute, I'm just I just walk. I'm walking out of tens of millions of dollars of fitness stuff. That is not reaching these people. Like doing routines on treadmills. It, it's a complete, yeah, it was a complete like what they, what they had in the trade show was completely different because you walk down, you, you go two or three miles away and you can identify that people just need to have a better awareness. They don't need the bigger TV screen on the treadmill. They just need to have a better awareness about what role health and fitness should play in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. It just it was an interesting juxtaposition between you know the you know everything the highest glam about the fitness industry, then just go down the street and see these are the people that need it the most, and we're not doing anything to serve. I know them. it's a, it's a pretty big gap. You reminded me of two things. Number one, I do want to be clear that there is value in servicing people who already go to the gym because we want them to keep moving. I, I don't want to discount that because I thought I did great stuff for them. And I, I know you, people I you, appreciate it. I thought you were saying, you were saying people who go to the gym waste their time. That's what that's no, what I Or everybody who's <laughs> got jobs at the gym are doing bad work. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, but I am not, saying no. I, I, I want to find ways to reach the other ones. But your story made me think. I don't know if you went to this idea and I honestly not sure what year it was. Maybe like 2009, 2010. You remember Kangoo jumps? Those jump yeah, shoes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, I still have them. I'm a fan. Like uh-huh. jumping, trampoline work, awesome for the lymphatic system. Yeah, Tons yeah. of good science behind it. Okay, but that year, there were several colleagues in LA, and I was kind of like in this little crew. We painted ourselves blue, and we were avatars. And we did the Idea World opening show. We oh, wow. danced in these kangoo jumps with blue bodies and like costumes. 
And like at the time it was fun. And frankly, I didn't really care because I was yeah. like, yeah, let's go, whatever, who cares? It's fun yeah. and we're moving. Um, and I really loved kangaroo jumps. I mean, you get people on those, it, it was awesome. And it gave people the opportunity to run and jump around who really didn't, couldn't always do that because of cert, certain joint situations. But it's another example of how we're all about the flair and the pizzazz at some of these shows and like, how do we really let people bring it back to who they want to make a difference with, you know? Yeah, well, real quick before we before we go into that, um, if you if you hear something in the background, that's my bulldog snoring just off camera here. And I, and she was laying there, but when we started recording, I didn't think to put her in my bedroom because she wasn't doing anything. But she's apparently decided I, to take a snooze. So if you hear, I did a hear bit, a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, it's so if not you. Hear you little, it's your dog. Little, little growling yeah, sure, in the background. Pete. That that's what it is. Well, she's yeah, English bulldog, and so she she snored. But she's my white noise machine normally when I'm writing. Um, like so, it. so the question again was like looking at, at current programming or? Well, just, you know, I was just saying like, that's another example of how we've got a big fanfare and like you were saying, oh, yeah, yeah. the it's, latest it's technology much. and all this great yeah. stuff at these shows. And then we really have this, which is fine because half the yeah. population we're servicing, but what can we really do to get like in the roots and service other. I mean, I used to volunteer at a club called Girls Inc. It's kind of like Boys and Girls Club and yeah. teach classes. I felt good about that. I worked in the school system at Los Angeles Unified School District, brought them tons of programming, volunteered and coached kids to run the LA Marathon, all these different things. But I just feel like we could do more as an industry to reach those people instead of a few like outlier organizations, you know, taking it on to meet them. That's part of my E5 thing. You yeah, know? no, and, and that's and that's a great thing. You want to try to meet people where they are, and that, and that is what, what the industry misses quite a bit. And it, it's funny because I'm just, I need to follow up with you on, on the last time. The last time we talked about how do you, why, how do you model behavior for your kids? And I think that's part of the answer to this issue, right, is modeling that behavior starts at home. And, and it's like, but it kind of goes hand in hand with the community, what community resources do people have? Um, but my kids, my two girls have a jogathon coming up. And so I'm trying to like get them, I'm trying to encourage them to train for the jogathon. Yeah. And you, you donate money based on how many laps and goes goes towards their PTA, whatever. It's it's another shakedown. I mean, you'll learn as you get I love into it. elementary it's school. The, best shakedown. The, P, the PTA, the PTAs come up with various, all right, we're gonna get money from you this way. We're gonna hold you upside down and shake money out of you. But I'm using the opportunity, like, all right, let's start a little jog, let's start a little run rock program, and that's how I sold it. We're gonna go for a walk. Now let's go for a little jog. Run, let's walk a little, run a little, and got them into that. And, and it just was, it was a fun way to kind of get. I don't know how sold they were on the running, but I at least try to try to get them into that. But that kind of comes back to this issue because it starts with modeling behavior at home, and and how do you, but how do you do that, and how do you make it more of a community issue? And that's the other thing too. Is, is let's be honest. I mean, talk about the the, the kind of the sa- snazziness or the sexiness of certain types of fitness. That's what gets people attention, Amy. I mean, that's I what that's what. I mean, we have to understand that it's kind of like the good with the bad. Uh, yeah. If we want to try to get people attracted to to fitness, we kind of have to show them the. And I don't understand that, right? It's like you have to use that razzle dazzle. To kind of get people like, oh, that's really cool, or, or to get them to engage. But I do think that in, in light of what's happened in the last 20 months, 
is I do think there really is a, a, an increased awareness of the role that exercise plays in overall general health. That I think I agree. And, I think moving and, forward, that that exercise is going to become a much more integrated into the mainstream healthcare continuum. Are, do, yeah, do I, I hope same? so. And you know, we were talking about where do we see the fitness industry going, and I was mentioning to you, I want to talk about where I want it to go and manifest things to happen. <laughs> but I do think you know, the simpler we can make things, you know, give people, give trainers and fitness, you know, professionals the opportunity to reach communities and not need a bunch of equipment, for example. Give them the tools to know how to like create programming with minimal stuff, number one, right? Make make short bouts of activity really accessible. Start in the like we've we gotta get in the schools better. You know, I mean I sometimes I think to myself, gosh, I, I should be doing more. I feel like I could easily go over to my elementary school and be like, okay, guys, how about we do this program? We get here early every day at eight and we walk four laps around the track. That's right there. Yeah. And I'll help you. And everybody does it and we get a prize. Well, just, I'm I don't know. If, I, don't, I'm not I, I don't know if the elementary schools, not that I think that'd be brilliant. I don't know if the elementary schools are anything like some schools do stuff like that. Well, if, here in California, if I were to do that, I'd have to go through a background check. I'd have to go through, like, I'd have to like go through a bunch of training to be, but my point is, I mean, it wouldn't be opposed to it, but sometimes that's what keeps parents from getting more involved is that in order here in order to volunteer with the schools, which is, I don't mind. I mean, right. It's a level of security we have for the kids, right. but it can also, like I'm saying, it's like, I have to do what if I want to volunteer? It's not, I have nothing in my Yeah, background. No, they're just barriers, barriers. We, exactly. we make things I, difficult it, to it, be it able like, to know, just move. To, exactly. Yeah. All I want to do is be able to volunteer and be able to show up like one day, every, you know, one day a month or something to help with the PE program. But yeah. it just but is you, like, I know, you know, all while we're all talking about this, I do have to say, like the past twenty months or whatever, have really, maybe, really even made strides in that direction because, you know, regardless of your economic, you know, situation, most people have a TV or most people have a phone, right? And most people can look at TikTok or Instagram or whatever, and the more digital stuff that's available, like people do have now access to things that maybe they didn't have access to before. And, you know, to answer our original question, like where, where are things going? Maybe it is like helping people realize right in your home, in the comfort of your own space, whatever space you choose, you don't need a lot of stuff. Just move. Here are some fun things that you can do. Take 10 minutes, take 15, take 20, you know? Well, and you do a great job of that with your, what is it? Workout Wednesdays. You always show a pretty cool move that has minimal that that has yeah, has yeah so equipment. people can just jump like five times and be like done. <laughs> but it's always but it's always so creative. I mean, you always have a creative way of doing that. And no, you're right. I mean, that that really is showing people that lowest common that lowest common denominator, that lowest common thing about hey, just that's. I, know, that's I feel like we, we make things such a big deal sometimes. Yeah. And that's one of my slogans. I always say minimal drama. It's kind of like the same thing. Like we don't need the fanciest stuff. We we don't need to make it a big deal. You don't have to be like, oh, I got to drive to the gym or just freaking get down on the floor, do a plank, run in place for a little bit, you know, <laughs> go run around your house or something. Right. Yeah, I do that now. And actually I, I did do that earlier. I was taking the trash out and the bulldog got away from me and I had to go chase her around. 
and you want to come back right now i'd gone out there without a lead anyway it was hijinks and hilarity i wish i wish one of the neighbors it would have been an interesting uh, video to see from one of my neighbors perspective because at one point i was trying to catch her and she'd uh, just let me she'd slow down just enough to let me try and then she'd dart off and i'm like anyway um where where do you think it's good segue where do you think that things are going not your bulldog but not my bulldog um you see more of well, I, I think you're right. I think we're looking at, at a much more mindful approach to to fitness as part of the overall wellness and healthcare continuum. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, I'm I'm big on on health clubs coming back, right? I'm big on for sure. Um, whether or not that's a good thing, you can have that debate. But I think health clubs are going to become like the new kind of community centers and the new, not that they weren't, but it's going to become more of a community basis, right? Because I think that's yeah. one of the things we realized that, and part of it was through exercise, part of it through all the Zoom workouts. One of the things we realized is we need that community that kind of exercise brings us together. Is that when yeah. you have workouts that kind of just get people moving together, there's something very powerful and strong in that. There and is. That, and that while virtual workouts can be good and, and can serve a purpose, the real power of, of group is, is when that live community, when you have people high-fiving or, or elbow bumping or whatever, heel kicking, whatever is appropriate in their jurisdiction, and to be able to have that energy. And, and that, to me, is never going to go away, right? It's, I, I agree. I think that's always – I mean, people are wired differently. Like, yeah. I know people that never will go to a gym, never want to. That's not their thing, right? But they – they do have friends and they do have a social network themselves. So that idea of, um, you know, the research speaks, there's a lot of it around this act of engagement and community. And I think even if you're not in the gym, this sense of community is key, but having centers like that, or, or, you know, I know the people that work out with me from home, that's what they miss. They miss we were just talking about it the other day. Like, too bad we just can't go out the door and get that couch that sat right outside the exercise room. And we all grabbed a coffee at the cafe and just sat around and chit-chatted. Like, that's what people like to do, you know? It's fun. And, and that's part of the fun. But that's part of the fun of going to the gym or, or seeing the same people. I mean, when I was training full-time in D.C., I, I, you would see the same people every day. And you might yeah. not know them, know them. You wouldn't know, like, hey, how's it going? But you know them by sight, and so you see them around the city. You say hello, or yeah. there are times when I'd be taking the train back and forth between DC and Philadelphia, or DC and New York, and I'd see somebody from the gym on the train, and you're able to kind of have a conversation. And that that type of stuff, I think we we realize the the value in that, and and how that, and you know, and that's not to say that virtual isn't here to stay, but yeah. also I, th- I think moving forward, I think people are going to be looking at ways how they stay fit and active throughout the aging process. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was just thinking like the more creative we as fitness professionals can get and the industry can get with creating options for people, right? I think it used to maybe be like, oh, you just have to go to the gym. Or, you know, there's always people that do outside sports. Some people don't live in areas like that. But maybe it's thinking out of the box and getting creative and not, 
you know, making everything look so hard and challenging, but recognizing the full scope of wellness with recovery in that circle and being creative with all the ways that we can have it done, whether it's digital or games or through community programs or like school programs, you know? Well, bro, on that, have you tried any of the virtual reality fitness? Have you played any of those virtual reality? Like the games? Like the games or have you seen them at any of the trade shows? I'm just wondering, and what's your, what's your thought on virtual reality, Amy? I mean, it, I haven't, but listen, I have a crypto account. Okay. And <laughs> that's just like, so you're like how, it, it's kind of the whole idea of this is like mind blowing. Yeah. It's really hard to wrap your head around it yeah. of this digital currency that's not really money, but it is money and it, you can buy houses with it and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and then this whole other world that exists beyond our world, the which metaverse. is just made well, that's up. What we started out with, right? The metaverse of you looking at four yeah. different screens. And yeah, but I think but, you know, I mean, wherever that is going, it's there. I, I don't think it's a tribute to how well and how brilliant our brains are, and that we can even think and fathom these things up. Like, would a testament to our design. Um, but also, I just think that you know, it's gamification of things. Right? We know that works. People like to play. They like to have a good time. You know, as people age, right? Ageless intensity. Why do we want to age well? We want to have fun. We want to be able to do the things that we want to do, right? So how can we use as many tools that we have available to us and how many tools can we give to people in order for them to be able to make all that stuff happen? Whether it's a game they play or walking their dog and chasing their bulldog and catching it. You know, without <laughs> yeah. wiping what, out, what I was not able to do, an ACL or anything. Um, uh, but yeah, and, and that's the thing is, I look at this virtual reality stuff, and while I know it's not for me, like it wouldn't be the way I choose to exercise, right? Is it wouldn't be the way that I would choose to spend twenty to forty minutes of my time. I am fully well aware that it's it's for there are people out there, plenty of people out there who would completely engage in it and and who would find yeah. out a great way to do it. And I think they're coming out with different systems that would allow people. So if I'm doing like a, a, a one of those shooter games, I can move around like I'm in the game. And I think yeah. as they integrate some more of that into it, I think there's some really cool ways that you can look at getting people active. I'm not sure what they are, but it's, it's like one of those things. It's like social media, Amy. If we, if we don't accept it and embrace the fact that it's coming, it's going to run us over and we're going to be looking up going, what the F just happened? And, and they're going to open up like these, you know, they're... The, I think that we already have some of this to a certain degree, right? I mean, yeah. think back, real small scale, Dance Dance Revolution. Well, right? Remember that it. video game? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. How fun is that? Kids were like sweating their butts off at arcades. I, we had it when I taught in L.A., like it was an after school thing. Like, they had a mat. They had the whole get up going on. Oh, really? And kids loved it. Um, I think look at Fitbits and just... You know, closing your rings on your Apple Watch. I mean, all of these things are designed to kind of incentivize us and to get us having fun. So I think, you know, I would say as far as the future of fitness, let's get creative. Let's think out of the box. Let's not, you know, just think about making the fit fitter or entertaining them. But what else can we do to motivate people and, you know, get them inspired to take action and make I don't know, think of different ways where fitness, what fitness looks like and can you just move more, you know? 
And I think modeling the behavior in the community, whether that's going for a walk with family or, or just getting out and being active and going for a walk. Like I, I say that because I'm thinking ahead to once we sign off here, I'm going to put on change my shoes. I feel like Mr. Rogers sometimes. I put I have like the shoes I wear around the house and the shoes I wear wear outside. You zip up your cardigan. Zip up my cardigan. Won't you be? <laughs> no, but I'm gonna put. I'm gonna go for a little walk around the neighborhood uh, because I, I think when people see that, they feel more comfortable doing that. I mean, there is yeah. there are those vicarious experiences, and I think and I think that's one of the cool things is when a neighborhood comes alive because more people are out walking around, more people are out. On Definitely, the I mean, you see activity, you want to be a part of it, and it, it's fun. There's nothing better than like a awesome sunny day when everybody's outside and lots of people smiling, and there's activity and. You know, it's fun. And that's, and that's what exercise contagious. Well, that's what exercise allows people to do, to, to be able to go out and, and do that. And I think that that really, the, the funny thing is this time of year, Amy, and we'll wrap up with this, is yeah. this time of year is when, when you start hearing or you're, they start writing the stories about where are they going to be the fitness trends for 2022? Like, what's oh new God. in fitness? What's going to be? I already did be, one. I already that, commented yeah, on one. Right? And, and it's like. And, and But then you look at it, it's like, wait a minute, why, why are we always interested in new? Here, here's what we know about fitness. Be consistent, work till you're out of breath or sweaty two or three times a week, move every day, get sleep, eat, the, eat proper food. I mean, it's like, it's like there's nothing new yeah. under the sun. It's always, why is there fast, this fascination of how are we doing fitness differently this year? Well, guess what? You should be doing the same thing you did last year and the year before and the year before. <laughs> Maybe sometimes you use a kettlebell instead of dumbbells or sometimes you'd use a barbell instead of a machine. But other than that, I don't know. I mean, yeah. do you ever kind of feel it's kind of a little bit like Sisyphus of you push that stone up the hill and it just rolls right back? We tend to do the same yeah. thing over and over. Well, I think you come back to basics. That's what it's all about. And frankly, just find something you like to do. This is my fitness, big yeah. fitness tip. Find something you like to do and do it. Don't start doing something you don't even like because you're not going to do it. So just do something that you like that gets you moving and can stick with it. Just do it, you know? Wait, so if I like to walk, then I should just walk? Walk more. It's crazy. If I like to dance, then I should dance? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> it's amazing. That's that's the big – that's how we're ending it, team. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's a great way to end it. Well – Hey, um, I don't know if we had hit the objective of talking kind of about the evolution of fitness or where we think fitness is going, but hopefully that's what people got out of it. I mean, just I kind of wanted to. I think you it know where I want it to go. Well, you know, you know where you want it to go, and I do think it's in the process of getting there. And I really do think we're going to see more integrated, just people doing more fitness different ways. I mean, that, that's the yeah. main thing. Is fitness. Fitness ain't going anywhere. You might engage with it sometimes at home. You might engage with it sometimes in the gym, but. Just let you know, we're here for you, and we're here to make you sweaty. We're not going away. <laughs> All right, until next time. Take care. See ya.